let's uh, let's pray before we start tonight. Father, we praise you for the great God that you are. We thank you for uh, the work of uh, your precious son that was um, accomplished for us. Uh, we thank you for the relationship that you initiated with us. Uh, I just pray that uh, you might help us to be able to uh, to concentrate on what you have for us tonight uh, as we look at principles from your word regarding uh, roles that um, that mom and dads need to play in their in their households and help us to be able to uh, to learn from that, Lord, so that we can uh, glorify you uh, in our families. Uh, bless our uh, conversation and our small groups tonight. May we learn much from uh, everyone in our group. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So to this point, uh, we've been laying a lot of foundation, and uh, we've had about uh, five weeks now. This is uh, week six. Uh, one thing I just wanted to mention before we get going is, is that we're planning on taking July 8th off. So that will be two weeks. Is that two weeks from tonight? Or three weeks, I'm sorry. We have two two more weeks to go. And then July 8th, we're going to take that off. It's right in the middle. Uh, July 4th is, I think it falls on a Saturday. So it should come out uh, the week after of July 4th. So I think that there might be uh, a number of you possibly going somewhere. It'll just be a nice little break for us as we uh, look to go into the last uh, eight sessions. So July 8th, we'll be taking that off. But as I mentioned, uh, we've been we've laid a lot of foundation to this point. Uh, we started off with uh, laying a spiritual foundation, uh, starting with our uh, salvation, uh, having a relationship with the Lord. We learned about the importance of uh, God's word and uh, knowing his word, and then also being able to apply uh, principles from his word as we look to uh, create family standards. And then we, uh, next, the following couple weeks, we uh, uh, laid a foundation for marriage. Uh, we learned that, uh, that we're all under uh, God's authority and uh, we're to place uh, God first uh, in our relationships and in all that we do. Uh, we saw the uh, the husband, wife, the spousal uh, priority that we place each other as the uh, top priority uh, in our homes. And we need to um, still ma- maintain a, a strong marriage, uh, even though when children come, things do change. And it can, where children end up taking over a lot of the time that's spent, but uh, making sure that um, each um, uh, spouse uh, uh, is a priority with each other. Uh, we looked at uh, guardrails uh, that we need to look at to uh, protect our marriages and setting those up and having agreement on those. Uh, we also looked at some uh, non-negotiables uh, in our marriages, uh, certainly uh, being in God's word every day and praying. That's certainly a non-negotiable. Uh, Steve uh, Mote had mentioned uh, last week in our a small group time that um, he learned through uh, uh, premarital counseling that uh, never to mention divorce um, in an argument with your spouse or never even bring it up, um, not even in a you know joking way, uh, but that is a, a non-negotiable, and that's certainly a very good non-negotiable. And then we also learned about uh, living um, in understanding and an agreement. Uh, as we go, we're... Uh, go along in marriage. Uh, we come to uh, different uh, points where maybe there is some contention, some things that we need to work out. So instead of uh, going our own ways where there's where, 
uh, that could uh, cause separation in the uh, uh, our relationship in our marriages. Uh, we come to an understanding and an agreement, and that's very important because if we don't, then there's always going to be things in the back of our mind that's going to uh, prohibit us from having the kind of relationship that we need to have because it is a partnership in marriage and certainly to lead your households. Uh, so we have to be on the same page, and that's critical at all times. So when we come to those times where we need to discuss things, we need to be able to come to the table, each of us, and be able to uh, discuss things openly and come to an agreement so that we can uh, move forward. And then certainly we looked at in uh, uh, week four uh, the roles of marriage. We're going to kind of do a review of those tonight because they're very important uh, and just so that we fully understand those. Uh, and then to be able to show later on tonight on how that meshes together and why that's so important. And then Pastor Larry in uh, week five, uh, uh, he uh, laid out in terms of creating a Christ-centered home environment, which is uh, so important. And that's really a, a, a basis that we need to be able to to move forward. So, again, for the first five weeks, we've laid these foundations. So tonight we're looking to, I, I would say, we would we want to install the flooring above the foundation. So we want to install the flooring now above the foundation so that we can build on that as we look to look for different skills and different things uh, that we need to accomplish with our children. So just to start off, both parents are invaluable. And uh, as we go through just kind of reiterating the roles that each of us play, it's so important that each of us plays our roles. Now, again, there's going to be flexibility. We're going to talk about that a little bit more tonight, but it's uh, it's invaluable that we certainly uh, uh, play our roles. And we've also seen in the previous weeks where we're all under God's authority, um, even the, the husband or the household. Uh, it's not that uh, he's the boss. Um, uh, he is the leader of the home. Uh, but certainly he's under God's authority and there's, there's no one running rogue here who can just kind of do whatever they want to do. So God has a role for each of us to play. So we need to be able to play that. And we saw that uh, God's way is orderly. Uh, and he has a beautiful plan for uh, the family life. Uh, but this requires cooperation from both spouses to make this work. So we're going to, Looking at the roles again and just see how this really comes together in, in being God's plan. Uh, it always works out uh, the best way. So we're going to start with mom's role. Um, I will tell you, men, I want you to listen up. <laughs> this is certainly the toughest role, I believe, because there's just so much that mom's involved with. And she is absolutely key. Um, in my estimation, she's the MVP of the family. And when she does her job well, um, the family um, uh, is able to accomplish everything that it needs to. So I'm just going to kind of review this uh, because as we get married, I don't think we think a whole lot about our roles. And then we get involved in marriage and we just kind of, you know, probably both uh, spouses are working at that point And we're just kind of, you know, kind of bumping along the road. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, your first child comes and then, uh, and then you're kind of off to the races. So if you don't have things 
structured at that point, um, you can kind of lose sight of what do you really need to accomplish so that we want to be able to do that. And again, we'll see how all this comes together. But a couple of key passages for moms is um, uh, Proverbs 31. And just I'm just going to kind of go through the highlights here. Not spend a whole lot of time. But um, it just says that, uh, you know, mothers, they get up while it's still night and they uh, provide food for their family. Uh, when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. Uh, she considers a field and buys it. And out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. So you can see that mothers are very resourceful and how they can, you know, uh, uh, be able to earn money and bring it into the household. Um, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. So certainly being able to help others out. But uh, she watches over the affairs of her household uh, and does not eat bread of idleness. So it, Proverbs 31 really paints a picture here of a mother really going about her role of managing the household. Uh, again, the husband, he's, he's at work generally uh, during the day. So the mother pretty much uh, runs the day-to-day operation within uh, the household. Uh, Titus 2 is another good passage. And um, here the, the context is, is that older women are to urge younger women to love their house, their husbands and their children, uh, to be self-controlled and pure, busy at home, uh, to be kind and be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. And certainly this is a testimony to the unbelieving uh, world around you that they look at you in the way that you serve um, your household and your um, your children and loving your husband and certainly being busy at home. Uh, John MacArthur, I like his uh, commentary notes on uh, Titus uh, 2.5 where it talks about, you know, the wife being busy at home. It, and he says, um, keeping a godly home with excellence for one's husband and children is the Christian woman's non-negotiable responsibility. Again, I'll say that. Keeping a godly home with excellence for one's husband and children is a Christian woman's non-negotiable responsibility. And I'll just say, you know, ladies, this is to me your your why in life is really doing this as unto the Lord. And again, we all have our roles that we need to play within the household. But again, we're doing it it's, it's not just there's a checklist here that I need to go through and I need to make sure that, you know, I do this and I do that. But we're doing it as unto the Lord. I mean, this is your worship unto God on how you conduct yourself in, in your role of mother and, um, and wife. Uh, certainly from the book, we learned a couple of things. Um, that uh, mothers are the basic trainer, trainer and nurturer of the children. Uh, these are just... Uh, fathers and husbands necessarily don't, uh, we're not real strong in this area in terms of being uh, nurturers of uh, the children. It's not that we can't do it, but we're not always necessarily wired that way. So it's very key that uh, moms are able to do that. Um, mothers should view their uh, the home as their base of operations. And again, I said that they, you know, they manage the day-to-day um activities of the household with meals, providing clothing, 
uh, homework, um, the general hygiene of your children. They teach them all those things, um, uh, coordinating schedules. Um, so you can see that the mother has a um, huge responsibility. And again, I believe it's the toughest. They're getting up. They spend a lot of time getting up at night. Um, whenever the children are sick, uh, they're taking care of them. It's not that fathers can't help out in these roles, and they certainly do, but they certainly can't do it like mom. And so that's why I believe that uh, this is certainly the toughest role. Now, I do want to say that there's flexibility in these areas, okay? So it's not, you know, hard and fast that, you know, the mothers absolutely do all of these um, items that we just mentioned. I mean, primarily they encompass those in their, in their roles. But, uh, you know, fathers can get involved in these areas. In fact, uh, Gordon had mentioned that he likes to, he likes to get involved in these areas. And, uh, I think that's great. Um, I certainly have washed a lot of dishes by hand through the years. Um, and I didn't mind it. It was, it was no, it was no big deal. So I did that. Um, I've done a lot of vacuuming, uh, through the, through the years. Uh, change diapers, uh, no problems there. I'll talk a little bit more about that when we talk about, uh, you know, working outside of the home. So there's a lot of things that um, Tracy worked primarily on the weekends when we uh, had Jessica. So I had to fulfill those roles on the weekend. And even on the weekends to uh, to this point, I'll do a lot of the, the cooking on the weekends. I kind of enjoy it. So there's going to be, there's flexibility there. So I don't want um, you know, fathers, if uh, you said, hey, pastor, I need to talk to you. Hey, what's wrong? Well, uh, I had a couple of plates thrown at my head this week, and I would say, well, hey, what precipitated that? And you said to your wife, well, hey, you know, uh, th- that's this isn't in my role, you know, doing dishes or whatever it is. Um, I would say, well, she probably didn't hit you upside the head hard enough because uh, get those thoughts out of your head. Uh, your wife and the mother of your children has a lot of responsibility on her, and she's going all the time. She's 24-7. So just because you get back, you get home from work, and, you know, I've been there. I, I, I get home, and I'm tired. It's like I don't want to do anything. I just want to think about what I'm thinking about or, you know, read something or just kind of chill out. But uh, you have to understand that uh, your wife has been going through things all day long and maybe all night as well. So we need to be very sensitive to that and we need to be able to, uh, to pitch in to be able to, um, help your, uh, your wife out. Now all this, uh, as you can see, this is a major responsibility that, that wives and mothers shoulder within the household. And uh, so this really brings to a critical choice, certainly in the early years with uh, men establishing their careers, um, that it brings a critical choice in terms of, you know, uh, mom working outside of the home. So I want to be able to discuss this. I'm not going to say that, you know, that uh, it's absolutely imperative that the mother does not work outside of the home. The household. I'm not going to say that at all because I'll tell you about Tracy and our uh, experience of, of how she's worked through the years. Um, but uh, there are some important things that we do need to consider as we 
if mom is going to work outside the home. I will say that it's best if mom doesn't work outside the home. Um, I do believe that, that it's best if she doesn't. But if she does, there are certain things that we need to be able to discuss and come to some agreement on that. So certainly, um, husband and wife, you do need to be able to get together on this and be able to discuss this because we're going to start getting into some areas that, um, um, in terms of parenting that are needed, that you're going to need to be proactive at. And if both of the spouses are so busy with work, it's going to be very difficult. In fact, I don't see how it's even going to happen to be able to run your household. I believe that the Lord would have us to do so. So this is a very important matter. It's one that you're going to need to sit down and discuss and come to some agreement on that. Now, when Jessica, our firstborn, was born, um, Tracy was working on primarily on the weekends. It was like a Friday night in, uh, on the weekends that she was working. and She was working in the uh, fragrance uh, industry. And so it really worked out well for us because I really didn't um, – I was able to – when, when she was at work, I was able to uh, take care of uh, Jessica on the weekends. In fact, uh, we had a lot of uh, very good uh, times with that. In fact, uh, Tracy would call and talk to Jessica when she could uh, communicate. And she would say, well, hey, what are you and Dad doing? And she says, I'm watching Norm. And that was a uh, norm for uh, this old house. So we a lot of, watched a lot of uh, this old house on uh, Saturdays. It was one of our favorite shows. So she was able to do that, and I was able to, you know, provide for the food and everything that she needed, and we had a great time, and we enjoyed that. Uh, and then I forget how many years it was um, that uh, Tracy just uh, stayed at home um, full-time, and certainly through Nick. And then I think maybe when he went, it was in high school that uh, she started working up uh, part-time at my uh, brother-in-law's uh, uh uh, physician's office. So uh, for the most part, uh, uh, Tracy, she was home uh, for the most part. Uh, there was just a few times that really she worked, but uh, really we had to come to an agreement on that. And, and even when she didn't have to necessarily be home uh, for kids to take care of them, I mean, Nick was well on his way. Um, her job ended up uh, going into full-time. Uh, somebody had quit and they needed her to fill in and, you know, Tracy's such a good worker. It's like, well, hey, let's just keep her on. Things are going well. But it really, even at that point, it just really wasn't worth it to us at that point because she's working a lot of hours. It was very difficult for us to be able to serve the way that we wanted to and to kind of keep, you know, all the balls in the air. Um, so uh, we had to make some decisions regarding that. But, again, this is something you really need to think about. Um, and let me just give you some uh, guidance on this uh, because you do need to maintain a balance. And one of the things that will go is for a mother, and I can tell you certainly for a father, is when you're working hard and you're, uh, you're going through some uh, tough, uh, some difficulty at work, you do lose your sensitivity. And if there's one individual in the in the household that needs to have sensitivity um, with the children is mom because she's around them. They depend on her, um, and she's the primary uh, nurturer. So 
Um, that is something that is definitely lost if mom is working a lot of hours. So you certainly have to keep that in mind. Uh, the first five years of a child's life is critical. And um, a lot of their, uh, you know, just showing them love. Um, and ladies will be able to share a little bit more about this uh, when we break up into small groups. But the first five years of what children learn, their personalities are formed, um, are very critical in the first five years. So I would really highly recommend Mom, if you're going to work outside the household, that you're able to um, certainly meet these uh, these areas. Another um, uh, challenge that you have to watch out for is the family budget. Again, you know, generally you have your uh, children early in life, and then uh, you know maybe your husband doesn't uh, hasn't established himself the way he'd like to in terms of earning. I mean, generally as you pick up more experience. You're more valuable. You, you end up earning more money. So in these early days, if mom's staying home, you know, money's going to be tight. So I just want to get this on the table. Um, and maybe some of you are feeling this right now. It's like, wow, you know, this is uh, being a parent uh, is expensive. Uh, you know, we have a mortgage now. You know, maybe you have a car payment. I don't know, you know, what your budget looks like. But I just want to encourage you for those, you know, that are in this position, for those who are looking to have children, I will tell you, live simply during the younger um, years of your children's lives. So um, we just went through financial peace. Live on a budget. If you have any problems with any of this, let me know. Um, big housing or budget busters are housing vehicles, and food. Those are the three big ones that can really bust your budget. So, um, Dad, I just, you know, if you haven't already experienced this, um, the budget's going to get blown from time to time, and you're going to wonder, <laughs> you know, what in the world happened? I mean, where did all these bills uh, come from? It's like I can't stop them. So I just want to tell you, don't panic, okay? Don't panic. Put together a plan. If you need help with putting together a plan, let I know or Pastor Larry. We can sit down with you. We've been through this, okay? So we know that uh, there's times when the budget is going to get blown. But uh, this is a great opportunity for you to start trusting the Lord for provision. And um, so this is something that I had to learn as well. I mean, when... Things started happening. I remember in uh, 2008 when we had the, the great recession that we went through. Uh, I'm in a uh, commission-based um, profession, and at that time, I didn't have a clue what I was going what I was going to take home. <laughs> I mean, I really didn't. And it was the Lord really challenged me at that time, and I needed that that I needed to be able to trust in Him during those difficult times. And I'm telling you. The, the Lord always comes through, and he always provides. Um, you might not be able to see it, but God's economy is different than man's economy. He's able to unlock things that you can't see. So you just have to be able to trust him uh, during these times. Now let's uh, talk a little bit about the uh, the father's role, the husband's role. Um 
and we've talked about these. So husbands need to lead. Um, Ephesians 5.25 says, uh, you know, for husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And uh, he gave him his life up for the church. So men, uh, we need to be able to uh, love our wives in, in that way. But men, you are spiritually passive. And you, if you look at, uh, go back to Genesis, and you look at Adam, um, when his wife was sinning, I mean, Adam was right there. And I've seen this working with men. I know myself that men are um, naturally passive, spiritually. So we need to be able to recognize this. And then we need to, we need to be able to learn. We need to be able to take this seriously as we're looking to lead our households is that we need to lead our wives spiritually. We need to have a purifying love for our wives. And then also we need to be able to lead our family spiritually. So we're, we're protective of what comes into our household. And, um, so we need to make sure that uh, we do this. Another thing I will tell you, men, is that, um, and we've learned this in uh, men's fraternity, and uh, Joe Crock, uh, who's with us tonight, uh, he's leading that, um, taking our men through that right now. And one thing that you'll learn in, in men's fraternity is that Robert Lewis, the, uh, the creator of this program, says, the boy in you must die. And I will tell you that as being husbands and fathers of your household, it doesn't mean that you'll never be able to go out and enjoy fishing again. It doesn't mean that you won't be able to go out and play golf anymore. But it does mean that it is, it, it comes down on the priority list. And I will tell you that I've seen men who have been 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 that they've never learned it that they still like to, they'll, they'll go out and, uh, you know, perform their jobs and bring home money, but they still have that boy in them that just, they want to play. And they're not serious about being a father or being a husband. And um, it might sound like I'm getting on you a little bit, and maybe I am, because I've seen this many times through the years. So I just want to let you guys know, you need to take this seriously. We need to lead our, our homes uh, spiritually. Um, husbands, uh, as you're leading, you're, you're, you need to take a look at the big picture. So we're looking at, uh, you know, you need to make sure that you get a budget. Now, again, we talked about flexibility. You know, maybe your wife is better with money, uh, and that's a good thing. So she can maybe run the budget. But the thing of it is, is you cannot be absent, okay? You have to participate in this. You have to know what – involved in the budget and, you know, what your wife is going to be doing to run that. So uh, taxes, um, you need to make sure that uh, you take care of things with taxes. You know, if your wife is handling the finances, just don't say, well, hey, you know, have you got our taxes done? Well, you can help get things uh, prepared, you know, getting your W-2s and the different statements that you have to have ready. So, again, you need to per, uh, participate in those areas, retirement, uh, kids education, uh, there's a lot of things that you need to be able to look at. And then also with this uh, men leading, uh, <clears throat> husbands be a servant leader. Uh, love your wives, love your children. Do not be harsh to your children. Uh, be understanding with your wives. Have a purifying love of your wife and your family. You're very protective of what kind of information comes into your household. 
you know, what your family is exposed to in this world. You need to be on top of that, and you need to be leading spiritually. And we talked early on about the foundation, the foundation about, you know, having a relationship, a growing relationship with the Lord. Uh, you're in the Word. You're praying. You're growing. So that's what you need to do to be a, a solid leader within the household. And that is key. Mom's doing a lot of work. Your wife's doing a lot of work. This is your area that you need to shoulder up under and uh, glorify the Lord in. One other thing before I get off this topic, I'm gonna, I didn't know quite how to label this. I'm gonna call it the, the stealth teacher. <laughs> and I'll explain what the stealth teacher is because, because men are spiritually passive and they're passive towards leading the family as well. I see guys and I've, I've seen enough of it that Guys end up, they take a, a passive approach to life. And because kids are young, generally they're going to listen to you when you tell them, you know, to, you know, they need to pay attention here or you discipline them or whatever. They're pretty much going to listen to you. And I've seen this with men that they get lulled into sleep thinking everything's all good. You know, so up until they become a teenager, you know, generally speaking, you're able to maintain control in your household. And then all of a sudden, they become teenagers. And they really start to uh, express themselves or looking for their independence or growing up as, as uh, young adults. And all of a sudden, things start to happen. And you, you're starting to think to yourself, okay. I got a problem with my kid or my kid's the problem. Well, the problem is, dad, is that you've been the problem because you haven't been proactive the way that you've needed to. And so now what's happened is your child has absorbed the values from the culture and they've also seen the inconsistencies in your life. They've seen what you value. So if you're the, if you're the player, like I just talked about, you know, where you come home from work and you're thinking about, you know, when do I go play golf? When do I go fishing or whatever it is you want to do? You're the player. They pick up on what you value. So if you don't value being involved in ministry, if you don't value being in the word, if you don't value church, they're picking all this. You're teaching that to them. So that's the stealth teacher. And all of a sudden it hits you when they, when they become a teenager that, you know what? Where did they get this? How did they get to this point? Well, this is how they got there. They're watching you. And that's why it's so important that you need to be able to lead your family and lead your kids um, as they're growing up. So I, I just want to encourage you. I, want, I say that strongly because I've seen it happen. And it bites guys, and they wonder what happened. And they think the problem is with the kid. No, the problem's been with you, Dad, all these years. And they've just picked up on what you've taught them even though you didn't think that you were being, you know, proactive. So I just want to encourage you in that way. Husband provides. First um, Timothy 5.8, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Okay, man, so we need to take seriously about uh, providing. Um, if we need to better ourselves in our careers, then we need to be able to get the education or the experience that we need to be able to do that. It's very important 
that we're able to um, uh, provide to sustain our, our households. I'll jump to uh, uh, husband protects, and I talked a little bit about this in uh, week four. Uh, men, we need to protect our family spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And, and a good verse for that is uh, 1 Corinthians 16, um, 13 through 14. It says, be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. I think that's a great verse that all of you should commit to memory. All of you men commit to memory because you're going to need to live that verse out. You're going to need to be able to stand firm in faith because sometimes you're not going to be able to see what's ahead of you. You're not going to know what's coming down the road and you're kind of in a fog. And the only thing you can do is stand firm in your faith and trust God. Being courageous, being strong. I mean, we're living in a very difficult culture. Uh, it's certainly opposed to Christianity. It's going to get stronger. There's going to be a lot of pressure on the church. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Christians, uh, a lot of pressure on households. Uh, the traditional household is looked frowned down on uh, at this point in our culture. So you're going to need to be strong. You're going to need to be courageous to be able to lead your families the way that you need to. So you're going to need husband and wife. You're going to need to be able to operate as a team. This is a partnership. You can't, each of you cannot go your own way. Uh, we each have our roles that God has assigned to us. We need to do them as unto the Lord. This is part of our worship to God. And then also we need to be able to serve one another. So we need to be able to operate as a team. So that means that we coordinate, we cooperate. Uh, not everything is going to go the way that we want it to go. So that's where cooperation comes in. Okay, what's important to you? What's, what's important to God? So we need to be able to coordinate and cooperate in those uh, areas. Having agreement and understanding. We're able to sit down and discuss these areas. Have a time where you just get alone together. I mean, Tracy and I, what we would do is we would just go in the car, we'd get a coffee, and we would just drive. And we would just talk about different items within the household or whatever. And that was a great time for us just to kind of unwind a little bit and then also just to be able to have an agreement on different things. And then maintaining unity. Um, husbands, you, you be the one that steps up, you know, when things are off track, and you you know what I'm talking about. You be the one that comes back and, and make sure that things get back on track, okay? I mean, we all go through our times. Uh, Tracy and I will have our disagreements, and um, I need my time to just kind of wind down after, you know, things have been ramped up. Um, and it takes me a while to get to that place sometimes, uh, but I need to make sure that things get back on track and they stay on track. Okay. So you be the man, you be the leader and you make sure things get uh, back on track. Um, and certainly a, a commitment to obey God's word operating as a team. If you as a couple say, whatever God's word says, we will try to obey it as best we possibly can. Um, I will tell you it will eliminate 95% of the problems. 
if you just say that. That whatever God's word says, we'll, we'll, we'll seek his word and we'll obey it. It will eliminate most of the problems that you have in the household. So from here, we need to have a game plan for parenting. So we've talked a lot about tonight about the structure of the household, about roles that we need to play. We've just discussed that. If we don't have the structure of our household set, then it is going to be very difficult to be the parent that God would have us with the children that he's entrusted to us. It's going to be very difficult. You have to have that structure. You have to live simply because there's just too much to do. And if you have a chaotic house, which most households are in a state of chaos, there's no way that you can accomplish this. So I just want to encourage you as we've gone through these things, if you have any continued questions, please let us know. And then also come to an agreement with your spouse regarding those, these areas. So now we're going to talk a little bit. Now we're starting to put, you know, a little bit of meat on the bones here. We're going to start talking about some parenting issues tonight, which I think are very helpful. And uh, so we're going to talk about uh, practicing proactive parenting. So we'll talk about uh, three uh, three different areas here. But the first one is witnessing childhood. So as your children are growing up, and certainly mothers are in tune to this, fathers, when you're, you need to be able to pick your spots as well. But um, you're looking at different highlights, different discoveries in your, in your child's life, um, and looking for opportunities to be able to, to share with your children. Maybe it could be some difficulties that your children are going through. And you think, well, what, what kind of problems can they have? <laughs> You're going to find out. Kids have problems. And you need to be there for them uh, when they're going through this. And these are great opportunities. Uh, you talk about, uh, you know, Deuteronomy uh, 6, 6 through 7, those verses there, which just, you know, impressing upon your children the word of God and applying it to life as it's, as it's happening. You know, as you're walking, uh, you know, at, at night, what, wherever it might be, you're looking for these opportunities that are going to come. And so you need to be able to look and being able to apply, you know, the word of God uh, to them. Uh, one thing that uh, Jake McNam mentioned in our, our small group last week is that uh, he tucks his kids in, you know, every night uh, before they go to bed and he prays with them. He has an opportunity to talk to them. And, um, you know, that's worked out for Jake, and he's able to kind of take advantage of those opportunities that, that he has seen. You know, maybe his kid's going through a difficult time, uh, so he's able to kind of talk, you know, those areas out. And that's a great opportunity. Jake's doing a great job with that. Um, and that kind of leads into um, a child's best 15 minutes of the day. And as you know, as you're, as you're raising your children, a lot of life is, is very fast paced. I mean, you're taking kids to school. They've got school. Um, you know, the weekends are kind of a blur. Um, you, you put, uh, uh, you sprinkle, uh, church in there and family activities and all that. Um, uh, life is moving uh, pretty quickly. So you have to be cognizant of when is the good times to talk to my kids, you know? So when is that best 15 minutes? And I will tell you that Tracy used this 
um, with both of our kids, Jessica and Nicholas, was at night. And uh, they, you know, just things were kind of calming down at that point. And, you know, as you're reflecting the day, she would just talk to them. And they would bring up, you know, different things that were happening, maybe different concerns that they had, maybe different problems uh, that they had that they were uh, working through. But this is an excellent time to help your kids uh, process life. You know, when, when are they alert and when do they want to talk to you? Um, you know, sometimes, uh, like with Nicholas, uh, he wasn't always the most uh, verbal one. Uh, he does talk, <laughs> but he talks when he wants to. So when is Nick going to talk? And generally, Tracy found that, uh, you know, later at night was when he was going to bed. That was a good time for her to uh, talk to him. And same thing with, with Jessica. So uh, an excellent opportunity to kind of see how God has gifted your children um, so that you can um, see maybe, uh, you know, some purposes that God has for them in their life. Uh, but also it's to, you know, use these as, uh, like I said, teachable moments. Um, you know, our, our chief, chief purpose in life is to glorify God. So how do we glorify God? How can your children glorify God in their lives? So it's very important that we instill that in them early on in life. Uh, also letting them know that they're not the center of the universe. Um, mom and dad, they have their relationship. Uh, they need to be able to uh, have their time together, but also letting them know that the, the world does not revolve around them. And the sooner they learn that, uh, the better. And also, um, you need to be able to uh, teach your children that, uh, that we're all sinners. And our sin natures have to be controlled. And mom and dad has to control their sin natures. And it's important that they control their sin nature as well. So we need to be able to communicate that to them. They need to know that. And that as they start to leave your household, uh, as our children have, then trusting in the Holy Spirit to be able to help them with this and also the Word of God and the structure of the church as well is very helpful. So then we'll uh, end tonight with just kind of talking about when training begins. Now, I'm a father. I was there on the weekends uh, for my daughter and, you know, certainly for my son as well. But uh, I'm not an expert in this early area, and this is where we're looking from six to ten months um, of some things that you can do. And this, you're going to learn that your children, um, they have their they want to do their things their own way and they want to exercise their will. And you will notice this between six and 10 months. Uh, now we've got a, a beautiful little uh, grandson at Harrison and we just think he's the best and uh, all that. But we know when, and we see him uh, when Jessica is, will discipline him on certain things is that, he wants to exercise his will. I mean, that's what we do. I mean, we're sinners. So it, it starts early, and you just have to be cognizant of that, knowing that that's going to come. Uh, mothers, uh, maybe you'll start to say, you know, no, no. Um, and uh, as my wife says, you have to say it in a certain voice. So you change your inflection in your voice that they know that no, no, you know, that you shouldn't do that. Now, I will say that, you know, you can't do it for everything, okay? You will confuse them. But certainly when they're trying to exercise their own will in, in certain areas, you know, maybe targeting one or two different areas of willful misbehavior that you might want to start to uh, 
uh, communicate to them that that, you know, that that is not acceptable. Could be different word uh, signs that you use so that they could communicate to you if they want some more of something because, uh, you know, they can get frustrated. I see that with Harrison where he gets, he wants to communicate something, but he doesn't know quite how to communicate it. So he gets frustrated. Then he gets mad and then he'll, he'll do his little screeching uh, scream thing that uh, about blows your eardrums out because he wants your attention. And so you have to try to listen to him. So, and then, you know, eventually you'll, you'll learn to, you need to, you know, back up your discipline. Maybe it takes something away from them, whatever it might be. But certainly knowing there's going to be a process that, you know, between six and 10 months and then going from there on how you will, you know, discipline. Uh, the author said her daughter, uh, once she, um, can see that her child is doing something, they're exercising their will, they should be doing something. She'll say to them, you know, make the right choice, you know, and from there they know that there's consequences that if they disobey, that there's consequences that they have to, have to, um, have, have to pay. But discipline is the, has a distinct purpose of controlling the sin nature. And that's why as soon as you can communicate that to your children, they will appreciate it. They will know. And our kids, um, and I might have said this before, I think I said it in our small group, that when we would go to the grocery store or wherever it was, they would see a kid that was acting up. And they knew that this <laughs> this child was getting off the chains and that we weren't going to tolerate that kind of behavior. And I remember Nick and uh, Jessica, they would say, wow, that kid just needs a good spanking. So <laughs> uh, they learned. They learned when um, when they were, uh, when they needed to be disciplined. And again, I mean, we want to train our children um, to be obedient, be obedient to God's word. And that certainly when they leave the household, that... Um, the work of the Holy Spirit uh, in our lives to convict them of sin, that we need to not quench the Holy Spirit and certainly being in his word. Mom and dad, uh, structure your household biblically and properly so that you'll be able to parent optimally with your children that have been entrusted to you. So the Lord has entrusted you with beautiful children, um, and he has a purpose for their lives. And I just want you to be able to parent in a way that is going to raise them up where they can glorify the Lord uh, in their lives. So that is our uh, instruction for the night. Um, and we'll be breaking up into our small groups and hopefully we'll have some uh, challenging questions, but uh, certainly would like to be able to hear from the mothers on um when training begins from the six to 10 months on different things that you've done to be able to uh, train your children, that would be very uh, helpful. And so I look forward to our conversation. Yes, Larry, Julie. Okay. I think, yeah, actually, uh, Julie, you probably got us all set up. So we'll go 30 minutes and then Rich, she'll give you the, like the two minute warning. When okay. We get close to the end. All right. Thank you.